Hello. 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 So well, been very and it's Christmas. It was Christmas yeah. time and it's yeah, we missed you holiday. guys also. Oh my goodness. That that's who Sorry I Sorry that we didn't record, but you know, we all need a break. Yeah. I needed a break from Brie. I needed a break from working. Ooh, it's really hot and muggy in here now. It's what? It's hot and muggy in here. Then turn it off. No. It doesn't bother it's fine. I'm my I'm, toes I'm are good freezing. either way. I have a I have a Oh my god, then I should I have an idea. Never mind. Just forget what Look I was my talking about. I my love it. Us. She got you a Ouija board. Now you have a Ouija board pillow and I have a Ouija board blanket. <gasps> and then we can and snuggle. And together we can summon the demons. Yay. We don't recommend that, guys. We're just being pretend and I sound like the Grinch. <laughs> um, <laughs> so happy new year. This is new our year. podcast. Yeah. Uh, new year, new me. <laughs> new year, new you. Hashtag or, new year, new. I don't know. Okay, new nothing. Also, if you don't, if you don't want like a new you, because you like like who you are, or just really tired of trying to change yourself, that's totes okay. It is. And just, just walk into twenty twenty three very quietly. Don't touch nothing. You know. It's good. Yeah. Read the reviews before you go in. Oh, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. Also, um, Patreon. So sorry. Uh, Brie is a little hairy right now. Yeah, I'm clouded. <laughs> <laughs> she, <laughs> she's a little furry. You know, you don't see her for two weeks, and this is what happens. You're so handsome. She. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> oh, oh my lovely. gosh, he's really sitting down. He's just like, he's fine he's with handsome. where he's at. Oh my. Freaking dog. This is our True Crime and Paranormal podcast, What's With the Neighbors, and that's Amy. That is Bree. And, um... Happy New Year. Happy we already New said Year. this. Yes. We already went all through this. So, Bree, I am going to start a new segment with you. I love new segments. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I want to get to know you a little bit. I'm like, this is a little awkward. I don't... Are we going to ask each other questions about each other? I mean, do you want to like know everything about each other? I feel because we're best buddies. Yeah, we've been together for a while now, and I don't know some stuff about you, and I want to know. I love this. There's a game that you could do this with. It's called um, uh, what's it called? It's like you find all the dirty details about like uh, in the game. You find all the dirty details about someone in the game. Oh, that's exciting. There's a game I saw at Fred's today. Leon, come on, bro. Yeah, she wants to look into my eyes. All right, if you look into the the camera. I can look into your eyes, and it'll be like there Inception. We go. Okay. Okay. I'm looking into your eyes. Do you see them? I do. Oh, you looked away. Sometimes it looks like a butt crack on the screen. What? <laughs> His fur <What>? looks <laughs> like oh. a butt crack. <laughs> I thought you were talking about your eyes. <laughs> yes, See? I have butt crack eyes, That's by the beautiful. way. <laughs> no, um, uh, what's his face on Stranger Things? That's who Josh calls him. Uh, he says he has butt crack eyes. Or butthole eyes. Butthole um, eyes? The big brother. That's really sad. Will and what's the other brother's name? 
Could you Whatever. imagine like walking around and you're like, like this? He does look. It kind of does look like a bubble, like though. you're kind of a celebrity, right? And then like people are saying like <laughs> that dude has bubble eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whoa. <laughs> Like, you think that you are untouchable, or maybe you don't. <laughs> well, look at Ab- Adam Sandler. What about Some celebrities him? just don't give a crap what people you think. You know what? He just, I love I love that he just, like, lounges out in his comfies all the time. Speaking of celebrities, I cannot get enough of the podcast. What's it called again? Smartless. Smartless, okay. It is so good, and it came, they started it during covid and they keep doing it. Like, they just came out with an episode, like, last week or something. Because they're enjoying the hell out of it, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. And it is so funny. Like, they interviewed Adam Sandler. And they interviewed, like, everybody. And who are the hosts? Um, Jason Bateman. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my other husband. And which I realized that, like, you know how he is in, in shows? Like, very, like, serious. Cal- yeah. Like, but he also has, like, this calming, like. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, like kind of just calming. Aroma. Him. Yes. <laughs> calming <But> aroma. <laughs> <laughs> he smells very calming. He smells like lavender. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's how he is in real life. Oh, it, I love it. I love it. And then, I love that guy. Uh, Will. Oh, gosh. Barnett. Barnett. Yeah. Barnett. Is it Barnett? Or Ar- I think it's Arnett. I think Arnett. It's yeah, it's Will Arnett. And then. um, Oh, dang it. Paul Rudd? Nope. No, he was oh, a guest on that it. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, no, he has not been. No, he's too busy sitting at home eating a bowl of spaghetti with his family, just talking about their day. And it's like, you know what? Being the hottest man of the year <laughs> means I can eat my spaghetti <laughs> whenever I want. I don't know how it happened, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for not knowing. But anyways, so that guy, he was in The Hangover. I'm. Zach Galifianakis? Nope. They interviewed him, though, before. And I don't have my phone, so I can't look it up. Bradley Cooper? No, they interviewed him, too, though. Uh, I can't think of the other two he's guys. A very, he's like a smaller celebrity. He's not that big. He's Is it gay. the doctor? Oh. No, it wasn't the doctor. He's gay in real life. Was he the guy who got lost? Oh, uh, maybe. Doug? No. I don't know who Doug is. Oh. Who is the one who got lost? Oh, no. It's Sean. Oh, okay, yeah. He is, the, he is the guy. Yeah. Okay, so, the like, Sean will be, like, asking their guests, like, a question, and it'll be, like, such a, like, simple question, like, so, like, what inspired you to go into comedy? And Jason Bateman and Will will be like, Jesus, Sean, <laughs> like, you don't just ask people that, like, just, like, a rag on him. <laughs> it's like, you know, he's like the younger brother or something. I absolutely love it. I can't get enough. But they also interview, like, not just celebrities. Like, they interviewed um, Camille Harris, or, yeah, but, and the president, and they've interviewed, like, doctors oh, and cool. scientists and stuff like Interesting. that. It's really cool. Yeah. Okay, so back to <laughs> our podcast. Yeah. While we're <laughs> speaking of podcasts. Talking about everybody, talking up everybody else. Yeah, they don't need it, dude. Yeah. But, you know, also, like, that's one cool thing about podcasts is that like we are all kind of there We're for each other. Con- yeah. I've never, I rarely hear a podcast talk shit about another podcast. Cause I have. You have. Oh, yeah. I haven't. I haven't. Um, but that's because like they, 
that one podcast um, stole, like, plag- plagiarized. Oh, that's so. Yeah, that's a big deal. Yeah. So, um, Brie, I want to get to know you because. Okay. Anyway, back to what we were originally talking about. <laughs> so, and I even put on here, get to know Brie. Get to know Brie. So, Brie, when you wake up, oh, what God. is the first thing that you do? Do you get coffee, brush your teeth, put clothes on? I take my thyroid pill. That's the first thing you do? Yeah. The very, the very, very first, first thing, thing I do because I have to take it before I eat. Like at an least hour. an hour, yeah. yeah. My mom takes it in the middle of the night. Oh. She'll, she, when, when she gets up to go pee. And so she puts it like in a little jar and when she wakes, like she'll wake up to go pee and like doesn't even realize she's going to the bathroom. Like. <laughs> and goes and takes it. She'll go and take it. <laughs> what if she has to, I've accidentally taken it twice. Well, no. So she only puts one in that little jar. Oh, okay. Yeah. That and so sense. if it's not gone in the morning, then she knows she, she knows. didn't take it. That's smart. Yeah. See, I used to put mine out in little containers, but I have small children who like to get inside my bedside drawers. So. Have you thought about getting rid of them? The children? Yes. <laughs> uh, I haven't found anyone that will take them yet. So. You know, I think that it's like still legal to like drop them off at a fire department. It is. It is. Yeah. They, well, they have but a family like, member in town age? right now who wants to take one of them. So you know what? Don't let her. Don't don't She's give up. Small enough to fit in a suitcase. Where don't give up a good opportunity. You know. <laughs> Rehome them. Don't sell them. Yes. <laughs> Rehome. Um. Okay. So what do you do? I brush my teeth. You brush your teeth. Yeah, it's the very first very thing. Very first thing. Yeah. That's probably like the last thing I do in the morning. You know, do you, okay, so do you <laughs> brush your teeth before or after breakfast? After. I brush it before. Because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm re-dirtying them. You know. But then I'm re-dirtying them at lunchtime anyway. Yeah, I mean, you could be one of those people that brush your teeth like after every meal. It also depends. Like if, if I, if I work. If I have to get up and go to work or whatever, yeah. then, like, yeah, I used to do that. But now Wake that up I and stay at teeth. home and I watch my children, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. It's just, it's a habit that I got into, and it's just something that I do when I wake up. At least done. Unless I'm camping. Then you don't ever brush your teeth. You just skip it. No, dog. <laughs> but Use the old finger. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I'll, like, have to wait until you walk to the bathroom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, do you have a neighborhood story for me? Goof. Okay. Um, This is a sign posted in the neighborhood. Okay. And it's, like, an actual sign from, like, the city. And it says, 2021 fireworks allowed. 11 a.m. until 11.45 p.m. What is it? 2.20. guns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Green I'd, day. Yeah, green day. I'm so sorry. That was green day. That, that was, was awful. Rude. Please start over. It's good. I'm trying. Well, now that you've sang that, I'm trying to think of it. So I'm trying to think of how it goes. And you kind of got it stuck in my head. But now. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> It says 2021 fireworks allowed 11 a.m. until 11:45 p.m. June 29th to July 4th. Oh, Saturday nine or Saturday nine to four Sunday. Oh, Saturday September 4th to Sunday September 5th Labor Day night and Labor Day whatever. Um, and it says state law prohibits igniting fireworks on public streets, sidewalks, and r- 
right of way and at parks, churches, and schools. $1,000 fine for all violations includes first violation. So I guess it's like in the, like this is posted in someone's neighborhood. And so they're, so my point is a lot of people would get fined in our neighborhood if yes. that were a thing. Like last night. Do you, do you, oh my gosh. I'm not against fireworks at all, but like in the middle of the week. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, and I it's not a holiday. You, about it, but you did. You did. You said, oh, okay. I'm sorry. You apologized to me. And I was like, oh, it's cool. Yeah. I was like almost asleep. I was like, it's good. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, yeah. Alice came in. She's like, Jesse's freaking out. And I'm like, about what? I, I hardly, I actually hardly even heard them until Charlotte got up and said, mom, who's setting off fireworks? And I'm like, geez, who are you? The fireworks police? She's like, I'm trying to sleep. And I'm like, whatever, I you just want an excuse. She just wanted an excuse to come out of bed and But talk. also, that's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be such a Karen. She's like the neighborhood watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's my girl. Um, okay, so I'm going to tell you a story about Ron- uh, Ronald DeFeo. 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 Uh, and there's going to be a surprise, everybody. Yeah. But I'm not going to tell you what it is until Bury talks. Okay. She's going to interrupt me and tell everybody. Yeah, she's, like, I'm going to be she's in the middle of the story. She's waiting for me to start, and she's like, <laughs> Yeah, and then, surprise. but actually, you know what she's going to do is, uh, like, every once in a while, she'll say, like, a random word, and then you're going to have to write those words down, and then it's going to be, like, a clue type of thing, like, you you're you're gonna eventually like have to decipher like all the words that she wrote and like figure out what the sentence, which is the clue, is. So, uh, you're welcome. Um, so I'm gonna talk to you <laughs> about Ronald, Ronnie, Ronald, aka McDonald. Ronnie. Sorry, yeah. uh, uh, DeFeo, Junior. By the way, he shot his parents with a 35 caliber gun. Whoa, we just dived right in there. <laughs> welcome to the show, baby. He he shot, yes, I dive right in because we don't have time to mess around. Um, He shot his parents with a 35 caliber gun, uh, then went to his brother's room, Mark, 11-year-old, and John, 9-year-old, and shot both of them. Then he walked over to his 13-year-old sister, Allison's room, and shot her in in her bed, then went to the third floor of the house and shot his sister, Dawn, who was 18 years old. Every victim was laying on their stomach, face down, with their arms stretched out. In the bed? In the bed, yeah. So, autopsy reports showed no signs of sedatives in the system, no signs of escaping or even leaving their beds. And when Ronnie was arrested for the murders, he said voices in his head told him to do it. Okay. So, here are the facts. Six people were murdered in the Amityville home. 23-year-old Ronnie was the only survivor. He was a known drug addict. He was into heroin and LSD. Okay. He had a few hobbies, some of which were guns, drinking, and getting into fights. Cool. Yeah, he's pretty pretty cool. He's like my first boyfriend, you know. (laughs) He's fine, Mom. Uh, I'm just kidding, Mother. Anyways, so... 
When he wasn't enjoying one of his pastimes, he worked at the family's super successful Buick dealership with Ronnie Sr., his dad. Around Wednesday, November 13th, 1974. Did they own it? Yes. Okay. Oh, family. Yeah. Family. (laughs) Uh, Around Wednesday, November 13th, 1974, at 6.30 p.m., Ronnie walked into the local bar called Henry's and yelled, you got to help me. I think my parents have been shot. So a small group of friends went back with him to Ocean Avenue. There's a place called That's Ocean Avenue. All week. All week. Stuck in my head. <laughs> uh, Alice is super into that type of music right now. That's amazing. And that makes me so happy, the snap that you sent me. I was like, she's not even my child, and I'm, I couldn't be more proud. <laughs> <laughs> so that's on her, her hashtag playlist. emo phase yeah. uh, they went back to the they went back to with him to Ocean Avenue where the house was on one friend called 911 and the other called the grandfather when the grandfather got there there were already 20 officers on the scene but not the homicide detective the grandfather asked to call someone, but when he noticed an officer was watching who he was dialing, he hung up and said it was the wrong number. Wait, wait, what? So, like, he went to, it was like a rotary phone. Okay, Rotary yeah. phone. And so he's, like, dialing the number and, like, picks it up because he, like, is about to talk. And he, like, looks over and an officer is just, like, watching him. And so he hangs up. And that's the grandpa? That's the grandpa. Okay, okay. Uh, I don't know if it's on her mom's, on the mom's side or the dad's side. Okay. But uh, later, the call records showed he called his brother, Pete DeFeo, who was actually a mobster who worked for the Geno- Gen- Genovine crime family in New York City. Okay. So, however, that the, the brother, uh, Pete, was never considered a suspect. That's a little weird that he did that, though. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, that so that was his other son, no, or that was his brother. That's his, the grandpa's brother. So like her, her, the one of their uncles or one of the parents. One uncle. of the parents' uncles. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, police set up a temp temporary headquarters at the neighbor's house, and that's where they first questioned Ronnie. When they first asked Ronnie what happened, he told the police that it was a moth it was a mafia hit. And he even gave a name of a low level mafia member. However, the guy had an alibi out of state. Okay. Then he blamed his sister Dawn. And then suddenly the grandpa Who was dead. Yeah, he was like, Dawn killed everybody. And the grandpa came in and stepped in and he was like, Whoa. Stop dragging the family name yeah. through the mud. Stop blaming your sister. And just confess to these murders that you did it. And which was like kind of weird yeah. that the grandpa, I mean, maybe he was like, mad. he didn't back him up at all. No, and, but I mean, maybe because he was mad. I mean, his whole, his, you know, child's family's dead. So I could understand why you'd be mad about that. But also, like, you just immediately blame him. Right. So. I don't know. A tough situation to be in. Uh, A day later, Ronnie finally confessed. He said once he started, he couldn't stop. After the murders, he changed his clothes and dumped the gun down by the dock near the boathouse. Then he went to work. 
after his shift, he got high, visited his girlfriend, and after he did all that, he went to the bar to raise the alarm that his family was uh, dead. So, family and, family and friends and neighbors knew, everyone was aware of how angry Ronnie Sr., the dad, was towards his family. He was verbally abusive to them, but he would take out his anger physically on Ronnie. Okay. And a doctor at the prison that did an exam on him two days after the murders discovered, uh, like four to seven day old bruises uh, on his stomach legs and aberrations on his back. Okay. So they assumed that it was from beatings, beatings from his dad. Yeah. <clears throat> so those are the facts. How old was Ronnie? Dog, I don't know. Okay. okay I don't sorry. remember. Okay. You pro- I think you said it earlier, so you're fine. I want to say he was like in his 20s. Okay. So, those are the facts. Now, here are a few contradicting facts. Decades later, Ronnie told a psychiatrist that he had turned up the thermostat to throw off the time of death, making their time of death inaccurate. I don't know, maybe to throw off, like, where he was. I don't know why he would choose to do that. Like, to make them, like decay fast or like yes get older faster grosser yes. faster yeah okay like decay that would be really smart if he did that <clears throat> yeah because temperature makes a huge difference no it definitely does and when was it november and it was it in was new in york november, yeah so like yeah i get that but it's still just weird yeah so unless he was like trying to make it so that it looked like they died while he was at work giving him an alibi yeah okay that would be like the only understanding of like why because they died in the early morning right so i don't know uh medical the medical examiner however determined that they died around 3 15 but ronnie claimed that they died around 1 15 a.m how would he know oh, okay because he did it he <coughs> said yeah. that he did it yeah so, Ronnie also said the reason why no one woke up while he killed each member was because he gave all of them a sedative. However, I like I said... There were nothing... The ME didn't find anything in their system at all. Like, not even alcohol or anything. Gotcha. Uh, during prep for the trial, the prosecutors did a test on the gun to see how loud it was. Uh, the gun could be heard for over five blocks away with the gun... Like the same exact gun that he used. So why didn't the neighbors say anything? Yes. But according to the neighbors, they didn't hear anything. But they could hear the dog barking in the yard next door. So you could hear the dog barking, but not a gun. They had a dog. It was their dog. I don't know if it was their dog, but a dog in the neighboring. In 1974, the the abuse from Ronnie Sr. got so bad that the kids stopped allowing friends to come over to the and visit and according to Don's boyfriend she was so desperate to leave the family and she was so desperate to leave the family that she was going to go live with him Don also was known to have an anger and drug problem as well oh and interesting enough Don had unburned gunpowder on the front of her nightgown what's that mean Meaning it was like gunpowder, but it wasn't wasn't used. Wasn't used, yeah. 
which could have been a result to her uh, murder. Like, maybe, like, he leaned over and, like, some of it fell out of the barrel before he shot her. But how did it get in the front of her gown? Right, if she was face down. But, like, how come they couldn't tell, like, like, what if they shot them in the stomach and he just flipped them all over, like, because he's, like, a sick person and just flipped them all over in the same position? Like, how could they, like, was that able to be, is that something that's able to be told? Like, they could tell that they were for sure killed in that position? That's according to what the investigator said. Okay. Because, um... I'm thinking. Well, I about, guess like, like blood stains and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, that's too. what I was like, thinking. thinking like, Dexter. If he sh- yeah, if he if they shot him, if like someone's in the gr- on the bed and you shot them point blank, and then quickly sh- flip them over, they would there would still be some sort of blood. Oh, and bullet damage if it went all the way mm-hmm. through. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Never mind. I just answered that myself. Good job, Bree. Um, where was I? So, some believe that Don worked with Ronnie before sh- he shot her, or she shot the family and Ronnie found out and she turned he turned the gun on her. And this multiple shooter theory was brought in by a private investigator that worked for the defense team. He pointed out that the second bullet removed from his mother did not go to the rifle Ronnie used for the killing. So, oh. like, there's a second gun. Okay. So, Ronnie had directed police to a pillowcase he dumped in a sewer drain in Brooklyn, which was full of clothes, rifle cartridges, and a holster for a rifle and a holster for a handgun. Okay. Why would there be a handgun if he only used a rifle? Right. The investigators assumed that the handgun could have been dumped near the boathouse where the other pillowcase with the similar items was originally found. So... The investigator hired a dive team in 2012, and they found what could 2012. Yeah, dog. Wow. They found what could possibly be a piece to the handgun. Like they took out this like, it it like a chunk of soot. Basically, (laughs) like somehow found that. But it but but it was like the shape of a handgun. Wow. And but like obviously it had pieces missing. Right. So, and it was just like, it looks like a piece of charcoal is what it okay. looked like, but interesting into a handgun. That's crazy what they could find out I even know. years later. You know, I just, I think, yeah, anyway. Then. You know, if some of you serial killers committed murders now, you would be screwed. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, another thing, Mark, the 11-year-old brother, was in a wheelchair at the time, due to a football injury. Uh, okay. So, he was required to sleep on his back because he had some back issues so with why the, was the injury. So, why was he on his stomach? So, if he was on his stomach, why was he sleeping on his stomach? Yeah. Uh, and it's just weird that everybody would roll over to their stomach unless someone, like, held them down. Yes. Exactly. Uh, but when they find, like, bruises on them? Sorry, I'm if no. I'm getting ahead of you. What, what bruises on what? Like, like, because clearly, like, if gunshots were heard, they had to have been heard in the house. So everybody had to have known what was going on. But like, oh, you're talking if somebody if was holding somebody them was, down. If there was, it was more than a one person job. Wouldn't there be like bruises on them from like force of being held down? 
Right. I because what you you're would saying. try to fight someone big time to get up. Would I? I'm like, thank goodness. I sure as hell hope so. Time. It is finally time. I would run over here and I would come beat up someone if they tried to do something. I wonder if we could hear, I guess, like, if we you're couldn't inside of snow. the house. <laughs> we could not. But if you were, like, inside, let's say you're at m- in my bedroom, which is, like, the furthest away, and uh, someone shot a rifle in my room, do you think that you could hear it inside your house no. that far down? I don't think no, so either. No, definitely not. I don't even think next door would hear it that well. I don't think because so Because of either. the snow. In yeah. the summertime, maybe. Next door Inside would hear it. Inside the house, like, with all the insulation and stuff? I think next door might hear it. But not... Because, I mean, think about how loud a gunshot is. Think about how loud I mean, fireworks are. You can hear it right, right outside. You can hear it through your house. Okay. That's <coughs> a good point, because a gunshot's about the same uh, Although, I could hear that firework. It was coming over from your side, yeah. by the way. Like, right now. Yeah, it, it was, was right coming next from door. next door. Yeah. yeah. I could hear that last night. And, but, okay... You have TV on. If you're not paying attention, yeah. It the snow cushions a lot. It really does. And then, yeah, like you said, ins- the houses are more insulated here. Yeah. They're like double. My dad said they're, they're built differently here. I can't remember what he said. How We're built, built different. We're built different. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I just, I think about that. Like, so basically just don't get murdered. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. So one day I'm going to get us friendship lamps. To where I'm going to, if something happens in my house, I'm going to go to run to my friendship lamp and I'm going to do like Morse code on it. Okay. But like, can we still use it to like, just like, oh, she's thinking. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Like if you do. But tap, if tap, I start tap, tapping tap, like. Tap, 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 tap. Oh, great. Now tap. I have to learn Morse code. <laughs> she's giving me more homework, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, crap. What does that one mean? <laughs> we have so many codes. Like, Hold on. Let Hold me get the book out. Ears. I got to go find the book. I got to write this down. <laughs> Let me Google it. <laughs> Do I need to call 911? <laughs> I write back to I need to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this long argument about like, no, don't call 911. Just come over. I think someone might be in my house. Oh, it's just my cat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. So the PI claims that he believes Ron Sr. and Don were shot somewhere else then brought to the beds after they died and i don't know how he determined that i cannot remember okay you know not gonna question not gonna ask but you know there's a lot of things out there for it clearly or a lot of yes yes thank a you a web of a web of ideas <laughs> and even the me the medical examiner agreed the theory of the second shooter and even the prosecutor was like yeah i think there was a second shooter I mean, it makes sense. But I'm not going to look into it. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't you we guys got the know? guy. He already confessed. Case and then, closed. And then, like, the family, like, I guess they're all, they're all sorry, but they're all dead. So I guess yeah. there's no one to really want justice. I mean, the grandpa? Yeah. The mobster grandpa? Yeah. Who seems a little suspicious in my in my. I opinion. think it was a grandpa. So even though Ronnie never even though Ronnie never changed his story for being the only shooter it did change in other ways oh I'm sorry he did claim that his sister did it but he never like said how Okay. but his story was not consistent also 
So almost a year later, after the deaths, the trial started on October 14th, 1975. And it lasted seven weeks. And in November 1975, a jury found Ronnie guilty of six counts of second degree murder for 25 years to life. All right. So let's talk about the mafia theory. All right. Let's talk about it. So... In 1986, Ronnie did an interview and claimed his sister, Dawn, was the shooter. But he took the blame because he was afraid his grandfather and the mobster great-grand-uncle, great-uncle, would have killed him. That's what I was thinking, too. Especially how, like, stern yeah. the grandpa clearly was or how aggressive he was about it. Like, you yeah. did it. Admit to it. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, you're going to kill me if I don't admit to it. Yeah. And then, like, he pro- there's probably people in jail that could have killed him. Because, like, the mob has people everywhere. All the mobs do. So, uh, and Ronnie claimed he was married with a baby. And the only reason why he was in the house at the time was because his mother called him to come out of the house, come over to the house to break up a fight between his dad and Don. Okay. And Ronnie even claimed he had an alibi, his brother-in-law, Richard. But that didn't... brother-in-law? That didn't stick because he doesn't have a brother-in-law. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, Jer- why does she live at home? <clears throat> well, well, why did he live at home? No, 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 no. He, at this time, he's claiming that he didn't live at home. Right. I was wondering why, why if, if she said that she was married, or he's saying that she uh, was married, what? I was singing. Sorry. I just had this, like, sudden urge to sing. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering why if she's, he was saying that he had a brother-in-law, that would mean she was married. And why no. was she at home? Is oh, what I'm saying. Dawn, so that's Dawn, not Dawn, a very Dawn. good lie. Yeah. Not her. She had a boyfriend. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, You said that. Okay. This is his Geraldine is his girlfriend. Is his her boyfriend? Oh, his girlfriend. Ronnie's girlfriend. Okay, okay. Because you said he had a kid. Yes. You said he had a kid. Yes. Okay, and sorry. And because Geraldine didn't have a brother named Richard, so this is her brother. Oh. Okay, okay. okay. I just let you, like, talk that through. Sorry. <laughs> that makes of interrupting so much you. more sense. I was like, what? <laughs> um, she didn't have a brother, and the fact that they were even married is questionable as well. The two met in 19... 19- okay, hold on. Just ride this wave okay, with me, yep, okay? Because it's going to be super right, no confusing. No questions. Wait till the end. Got it. Yeah, shut your, shut your pie hole. Got it. So the two met in 1969, and they did get married in 1970. Oh. And their daughter was born in 1974. But if you check the divorce papers, dated 1993... Because they got divorced in 1993. They met in 1985, according to, to the paperwork, and then married in 1989. After he was already in jail? Correct. Okay. And he has a daughter from that? What are y'all, what are y'all prison guards Well, doing? I mean, you can, Okay. How old's so, the daughter? That's what I'm wondering. So, <clears throat> this is what they're claiming, right? However, the mystery was on purpose between... Between Geraldine and Ronnie. They like, they plan this out on purpose. This is the mafia theory, okay? Okay. Geraldine had family in the mafia Lombardi, 
uh, in the Mafia Lombardi crime family. And when they heard the cops were looking into a female accomplice, she said Ronnie's great uncle Pete and her family made those court documents disappear. Uh, so the marriage in 1989 was actually their second marriage ceremony, and Geraldine ended up dying in 1995, so she can't confirm any of this. How convenient. How did she die? Do you know? No. I wonder how she died. Uh, the main thought in this is... Because that's young. How old is the baby? Right. Yes, exactly. That's that's what was my thing. Like, Because if the baby's however old yeah and it happened before yeah i don't know how old the baby is i didn't look how do they not research or get into this more anyway i'm sure they, they already had the killer <clears throat> they already had the killer so why look at but you why could be convicting harder? an innocent person or a partially innocent person you could be letting another killer out on the loose yeah or is she already dead or yeah is she already dead so here's the insanity theory in 1990, Ronnie, Ronnie filed a 4040, which is asking for his conviction to be overturned or vacated. Uh, the typical grounds for a 4040 motion means insufficient counsel, uh, meaning that they didn't do, they didn't give him justice, they didn't work hard enough to prove his innocence. Uh, bringing us to the claim that the voices made him do it so when ronnie oh, yeah. was first arrested his mother's father hired a pi so i'm guessing it what might have been the the grandpa might have been on her his mom's side um and uh hired a private invent uh, blah, 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 blah. so when ronnie was first arrested his mother's father hired a pi and a private lawyer jacob sing sigfrey and Jacob was the first to suggest an insanity defense, but Ronnie was actually the one to think of it, the idea. So, like, Jacob's like, you should do this, but Ronnie's like, it was actually my idea. I already thought of this. I already thought of it. Um, the family's money eventually ran out, and Ronnie had to go with the court-appointed attorney, William Weber. And so that's why he said he didn't get, uh, like, a um insufficient that's why he got an insufficient oh, counsel because okay. he was <coughs> and William was like ah, just take the plea deal and William was the only one that ultimately brokered the deal for the Amityville horror book and movie okay Ronnie told William the night of the death he fell asleep on the family's couch to a war movie when he woke up, the lights were off, but he thought he heard his family talking, conspiring against him. And then a woman with black hands and white arms. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> with black hands, I'm guessing like gloves. Yeah. Came into the room holding a rifle kick and kicked him. He thought it was his sister Dawn, and which goes back to the theory his sister made him do it. However, he said there was also a mystery murderer. He would didn't know who it was and claimed his wife's brother was there to vouch for him but there's no brother okay so they can't vouch for him okay which brings us to the theory of insanity like this whole like his family conspiring against him this girl that came in and kicked him and made him kill his family but there's also another murderer and it's not his sister kind of like all over the place 
but that forty forty motion that he filed, the the judge denied. So, whatever. During his parole hearing in 1999, Ronnie said he was down in a basement with a friend. They heard muffled voices, then a gunshot. When they ran upstairs, they saw his sister, Allison, dead in her bed. And when they got to the third floor, Dawn's room, they saw Dawn and she said, Oh my gosh, Ronnie, you're not supposed to be here. And she grabbed the rifle and aimed it at him, but he grabbed the gun and shot her in self-defense. Okay. He also told the parole <laughs> the parole board that he had no idea who killed his parents because he only heard the one gunshot before he went upstairs. Maybe they also lived in the snow. Yeah. Um, in the year 2000, Ronnie wrote a letter to the author Rick Ozina. Of the book, The Night of the DeFeos, uh, of the book, The Night of the DeFeos, The Night the DeFeos Died. Okay. Uh, I wish I could have had time to read that book because it sounds really interesting. Um, which is an in-depth look with investigation and interviews of the night of the murders. And the letter explains that Ronnie and his sister Dawn with two, were... The letter that he wrote to that author explains that Ronnie was with his sister Dawn and two other friends, and they were down in the basement getting high, because she liked to do drugs also. there, That is where they hatched this plan to kill the dad, because he was abusive. So at around 1 a.m., they went to their parents' room. Dawn and Ronnie had the handgun, a gold python. And one friend had the rifle, and the other was a lookout. Ronnie first shot his dad in bed, but the first shot didn't kill him. So they, so when the dad started to come after the, him, he shot him again. Then he shot his mother once, and a friend shot her the second time, killing her. That's why there would be a second bullet, the handgun. Right, okay. Uh, bullet. Then <clears throat> one of the friends fled the house, and Ronnie went after them. To stop them, like, you can't just leave. Yeah, right. And, uh, again, this is from that letter. While Ronnie was chasing after the friend, that is when Dawn took the rifle and shot the rest of the family members. And when Ronnie came back to the house, he was so mad at Dawn for what she did. Ronnie claimed he never planned to kill Dawn, but when she pointed the gun at him, they wrestled for the gun and he ended up shooting her. Those are all my theories. So, on March 12th, just last year, 2021, Ronnie died in prison at 69 years old, and he spent 47 years there. And he changed his story plenty of times, so he, we will probably never know the entire truth of Amity, the Amityville house murders. And before Ronnie died, he gave his psychiatrist, his BFF, power of attorney and asked him not to be buried with the rest of the family. Well, weird. I mean, it kind of shows you what could have possibly been going on in the family. No one will. No one will know. That's crazy. So, I mean, there was a lot of different theories and there was so much more information out there, but I just, I had to. Did you happen to see how, if there was anything strange about Dawn, where she was? No. 
Because that one sounds like the most logical. In Where my she was? The last one that what he do you just mean? said. Like, because you said she he wrestled her for the gun. Or he claimed that he wrestled her for the yeah. gun. So, like, but she was laying in her bed face down like all the rest. But did in she, that P.I. it claimed that she was drugged to her she bed. She was, okay, okay. So I did, I missed that. So that would make sense. Yeah. I feel like that that one is probably. I agree. That one or. That's or what, Brie? Or. Or. Maybe something again? else. Or. And that's or our show. But before, uh, real quick, Brie, before we uh, move forward, I would like to thank uh, everyone for being a part of, uh, for allowing us to be part of your day and spending like an hour or so with us. And if you like us, hit that subscribe button on any of your streaming platforms. And you can also find us on YouTube. And if you love us for only $5 a month, you can get us all of us with our episodes filmed and unedited. Also, thank you to our new Patreon donor. Yeah. <laughs> we have a new you. Patreon donor. Thank you. Oh, yeah. This episode is dedicated to Nicholas. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. Welcome Nick, to Nick. Patreon. You Nick, get to Nick, see Nick, us make Nick, Nick, Nick. Nicholas. I also want to. I forgot to do this <coughs> earlier. I want to give a shout out to uh, a new listener of ours. Also, uh, okay. her name is Jessica with one S. With one S. Whoa, uh, Jessica. Look at Jessica. <laughs> we can't because we don't know what you look like. All right, go ahead. So, what do you mean? What do you mean another theory, Brie? Well, <laughs> do you want to yell it? Yell surprise. Uh, surprise! Surprise! So, this, to start off the new year, Amy and I are piggybacking off of each, off of each other's stories. This is not going to happen every week, by the way. No, it's not. Totally not. Because not all stories, like, do this. But this is something <coughs> that we've both been wanting to do yeah, for a while. Yeah, for, like, and the this, longest time. Yeah, and this is a really good uh, story to yeah. do that on. So, I'm going to do the Amityville Horror House. And, like, when I was researching it, I was like, there's way too much information with this. I'm going to leave way too much out because I don't need this. This is way too good of a story to pass up. We're going to do this finally. And I texted Amy and she was like, cool, I'll look it up. And I'm like, do you have enough stuff to look up? And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got 17 pages. And she Brady was like. Front and back. <laughs> really front and back. See? Um, yeah. And, thank um, you. Yeah. And thank you for giving me an idea for this week. You're welcome, buddy. Uh, happy New Year, everybody! Let's happy start. Let's start this new podcast year up Together. with 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 great positive, with spooky dark energy. Fingers linked <laughs> and toes. All right, that's gross. I would hold your toes. Oh, <laughs> thank you. My old husband won't do that. You're such a good friend. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so since. Amy did the true crime story of the DeFeo murders. I'm going to cover the Amityville Horror House where the murders happened. Because we all know, like, there's so much more to the story. Like, there's clearly, there's a lot before it. There And there, I feel like there was so much that I couldn't even, like, mm. cover. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, the whole fact that, like, he thought he was being possessed. Correct. So, 
Um, that's basically what I'm going to cover. So oh, good. I'm glad I didn't go too much. No, into yeah, that I'm bit. glad you didn't because well, I didn't get into it super big. Because we also you didn't kind of, do any of her work. You so. ca- well, I did it and then I erased it all today, and I'm like, well, she's probably going to talk about all this because the only Can you control Z it. I don't know what's control Z. Like you, it's like a back no. button for things you type. Uh yeah, I probably could, but I typed it like three days ago, so. Whatever. Um. Uh. Let's talk about the Amityville Horror House. Okay. First, I'm sorry. Because that's one thing you didn't mention, which is great. Because it's, I it's talk on about Ocean it. Avenue. It is on Ocean I Avenue. I wonder if it was yellow. Which legit, that is the song I've been singing all week, and I was like, I wonder if that song was about this house. And I looked at the lyrics; it totally wasn't. It's not. Uh, um. I wish it was. Wouldn't that be? It would so have been cool much a, a way happier story. <laughs> Um, the home is super gorgeous. It was a del- Dutch colonial home built in 1927. It had five bedrooms, three and a half baths, a heated pool with a slide. A heated pool? With a slide. I didn't even have that in here, but I I'm, saw it when in the documentary that I was watching today, and I was like, oh, shit, they got a slide. Okay, but you are excited about the slide, and I am <laughs> excited about the heated pool. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> it's pretty great. But they were also on the water, too. They were on the canal. Um, they had a boathouse. door. And it was located in, it's, it is located in Long Island, um, right off the Long Island Sound, which I believe they also called it like the Long, uh, the Amityville Bay or Canoe or, or Canal or something. But it's at okay. 112 Ocean Avenue, Amityville, New York. But now I'll talk about that later. Anyway. Um, along with its colorful history, we already know, as Amy told you, I did see that the property was also used for, and I don't know if this is true, so don't, I just saw, this was like a last I'm, fact that I saw okay. today, Okay. but apparently the property was used for an insane asylum for Native Americans who were sick and dying, and some psychics, and also some psychics who were on the property believed that a warlock was there, like a dark warlock was there Whoa. in like the 1920s, so... I don't know. There's um, a lot of dark can you, energy there. For the listeners, because I know what it is. Blah, but blah, maybe the blah, blah. Sorry. I was making sure my sound's good. What? Maybe maybe our listeners don't know, because I definitely know what it is. What is a warlock, Brie? A wizard. I knew that. Like someone who practices magic. In the 1920s? Yeah. I someone mean, that practices been, magic. Yeah, someone who so was like, like a witch. Wi- a witch. A witch or, a, a, a well, warlock male. would be a male. Yeah, a wizard. Okay. Oh, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> uh, also, did I tell you guys what Amy got me for my birthday? She got me a Harry Potter wand, like a legit. How's that going? Uh, it's going well. Uh, it's going great, but I haven't had a chance to use it that much because I've been so busy. Oh yeah. So yeah, and you after tomorrow I'll have and more. You of a can't chance. like let the Muggles know. Yeah, sorry, you guys. Like. Your muggle. I've been practicing my spells though. Oh, good. I have been. I've been very. My my mother in law's. I. She knows. Oh yeah, I I was showing her and I was like, look at this. I was like, Lumos, and she was like, that puts out like no light, and I was like, but I can see in the dark, <laughs> like with this tiny little orb of light. <laughs> and once you get that fi- the the light figured out, you can use that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just want to use the app. Oh, I can't wait for it. It's it's amazing. Anyway, I just want to tell you guys how amazing Amy is. Thank you again. Thank you. Okay, so that's a little weird that there's a little bit of possible past history on this property. All right, 
As you know, it was here on November 13, 1974, that Ronald DeFeo Jr., also known as Butch, some people called him, at just 23 yes. years old, shot and killed six members of his family with a 35 caliber rifle while they slept. The victims being his parents. And I feel the need to say this again because it's people who died and it's sad. Yes. Um, the victims being his parents, Louis uh, and Ronald DeFeo Sr., sisters 18-year-old Don, 13-year-old Alice, and brothers 12-year-old Mark and 9-year-old Matthew, John Matthew. I thought it was Allison. Or I guess Alice could be short for did Allison. I say, did I say Alice? Yeah. Oh, I meant to say Allison. It's fine. My bad. I love your child. Struck a, struck a chord with me. Sorry, I love your child so much. <laughs> so now that you know the, the different stories and the theories on mm -hmm. the true crime aspect, I wanted to talk about the aftermath of the home. Okay. So no one actually knows what went down, but an odd thing that I have lingered over, which I've let you know in this right. case, and everybody has, is that everybody was face down in the bed as if none of them had been woken up by the sounds of gunfire, nine shots being heard in the house. Right. And they weren't drugged. Um, almost like he had some help or something supernatural forced them down or silenced the gun to keep or keep them all in some kind of trance or whatever but if kind someone of state was, like that. If someone was forcing them down, like you've mentioned before, the they bruises. Would have the yeah, bruises. and that's that's what I because I like if he says maybe they that don't he, bruise easy. Maybe, but you know <laughs> the whole family. Like the whole family. They yeah. have great iron. Yeah, they're great. Fantastic. They eat their spinach. <laughs> Popeye. He was big then. <laughs> Who knows? So after this tragic event, what happened? The home sat empty for almost a year until newlyweds George and Kathy Lutz, Lutz bought the home. Kathy, previously divorced with three kids, married George in July of 1975. He was a Marine. He didn't have any kids, but he, from what I watched on the documentary, was a jerk. So. Oh, didn't they? According to the oldest son, he was a complete um, jerk. Oh, no. And terrible. But yeah. it wasn't portrayed much, in anything else. Do you way. mention how much they bought the house for? Uh, yes. Um, they decided the house, sorry, the house was purchased on December 18th in 1975 for just I thought it was sixty thousand. I was, thought it was eighty. Okay, eighty. That's what I have it in here as. Okay. Um, eighty thousand dollars, which, which is, is now four hundred forty-two dollar or four hundred forty-two thousand six hundred ninety-two dollars today. You did it too. Yeah. And they moved in with three kids: Daniel at age nine, Christopher at age seven, and Melissa or Missy at age five, and of course the family dog Harry. That's um, creepy that his name is Harry. I know. <laughs> it's like he's Harry. <laughs> Like, oh, clever. I was thinking the bar it, for a second was the name was Harry's, but it's Oh, Harry's. yeah, that's weird. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> At first I was like, whoa, that's weird. I also thought it was weird that you said that there was a dog in it that barked, which I did remember seeing at some point, and I was like, did they have I a never dog? verified if it was their dog okay. or if it was, like, a neighboring but dog. But still, the dog was disturbed. Yeah. Um, due to its known reputation, this was disclosed to the family. Everybody knew about it. Um, but it was disclosed to the family at first inspection. And I guess like I was watching a documentary on Hulu or mm -hmm. that was put out by Hulu called my Amityville horror. And it was oh. the oldest son. It was, it just happened like a year or two ago. I, I watched, I started watching that. It's really, he's really, he's traumatized. Yeah. That guy. I feel so bad for him, but he hated his stepdad and he made him sound mm -hmm. like a monster. 
Um, but uh, he had said that his mom just took him outside and they were like, she was like, yeah, so you know murders just happened here like a year ago. And they were like young kids. He was seven and his Why brother's like five or whatever. That? And they're like, yeah, that's fine. But he's like, how are a seven and a five-year-old supposed to like comprehend that. that like a five-year-old probably like they don't know, know that murder like, is. okay that's cool that's fine people died here that's cool whatever but they decided it wasn't a problem and also was like they might have just been excited to get a big house it was way out of their budget yeah. though way out of their budget i mean those kids were probably like uh a slide yeah in a pool? <laughs> they're like my own bedroom my own bedroom? a guest bedroom yeah three of them two yeah. of them I, I could understand why they were probably like, that's fine. Yeah, they had looked at, like, 50 different houses before Jeez. this one. So they were, like, desperate. So um, with what happened with the previous owners, majority of their furniture, the previous owners, the yeah. DeFeos, their furniture was just left there. And it right. was included in the sale. And so they just took it as is. In my yeah. opinion, I would put my own. I don't know if they put their own stuff in there and they took out the stuff, but... I would do that, but from what I right. read, they just left everything in there. But could you, like, so let's say they moved from an apartment, because she was a single mom. Right. Right? And he's a Marine, so he probably right. doesn't have his place. Yeah. So they're, like, moving into this house that's, like, five times the size of I don't care. Need. I would live with no furniture. But you need, you need to furnish the place. I don't it's care. It's a huge house. If something like that so tragic happened there, I would, s- No. Because of what I know and what I feel, I personally right, would not let to, that happen. This is the 70s. Yeah. yeah. So, the, I'm sorry. The for, Exorcist, I don't think, came out just yet. Yeah. <laughs> it probably wasn't, like, that well known. Yeah. Um, so sorry. One thing the family did do, which wasn't very uncommon then, was they did ask a Catholic priest to come and bless the home. Oh, which okay. was a pretty standard thing to do. Um. They had a Father Ralph Picario, Picario, Picorio, Picario to bless, uh, come in and bless the home okay. the day that they were moving in. And while por- performing the rites, he flicked the first holy water and began to pray. And he heard a masculine voice demand him to get out. <gasps> and possibly, I don't know if this is true or not. And it's so hard to figure out what's true and what's not right. because there have been so many movies made and right. so many books written. Um but multiple places said that he was felt a slap on his face, but he didn't mention it to anybody. Interesting. Before leaving, the priest did say to George, the stepfather, that he had felt something strange in the in, felt something strange felt something strange on my freaking face <laughs> <laughs> in the room upstairs. And George assured him that that room was just going to be um, like a playroom or a sewing room and wasn't going to be a bedroom. And he said, "Good as long as no one sleeps in there." Interesting that he would know, like, no one, as long as no one sleeps in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he's like, he's like, they're good as long as, because if someone sleeps in there, they're going to slapped awake. But, you know, if they have an alarm clock they don't wake up to, <laughs> they should probably sleep in there. <laughs> uh, after the priest left, I did find out so much information on this documentary. So if you guys want to find out more stuff, um, watch my Emdyville Horror. Yeah. Um, Daniel, the oldest son, did find a swarm of flies in Ew. that room, and he picked up a newspaper and they started al- killing them. Oh my god! But then, whenever he looked down, there were no dead flies, and then the newspaper had disappeared. So it was like, what? That's what weird. in the world? That's weird. Um, I'm just making sure that's good. You're good. 
So the family noticed an off eerie feeling in the home. And they also noticed that there were lots of cold spots, like 20 degree different cold spots. I mean, it's a huge house, though. It is. And it's in New York and in November, December. So. Right. But there was just like a random little cold pocket. Yeah, that's so, weird. So uh, they also noticed bad odors of smelly, rotten garbage, random sounds during the night, swarms of flies in the winter. Like yeah, that happened weird. multiple times. Yeah. And seeing green slime ooze from the walls. Ew, Bree. Yeah. Uh, one of the first nights of staying there, George, the stepdad, admitted to not being able to get warm and suspected it was just from it being that time of year. He'd just woken up at 3.15 a.m. to a tapping. <gasps> yeah. And he went out to check the boathouse and believed it had come from there. This became a daily occurrence when he'd wake up at that time. And George concluded that the family had been killed around this time. And that's why he had woken up. And this wasn't even like public knowledge that like that was the for sure time. Yeah, because it was only a year after the murder. So everything was still under investigation. Exactly. Uh, George also mentioned how he'd been lying in bed and suddenly he would hear like a door slam and upon investigation, everything would be normal. Even the dog Harry was still asleep. And he also recalled hearing the sound of like a mar- like a marching band of footsteps coming from downstairs when he'd run down. And whenever he'd run downstairs, um, there'd be nothing again. Well, it's just a school band. Right. By. there, It's normal. But there would be a bunch of rolled up rugs. And then the what? dog would still be sleeping. And he even recalled saying, some watchdog you are. <laughs> or some watchdog you're turning out to be. Wait, so the rugs would be rolled up? From what I got from that was that either they're completely rolled up or, or just they're like, like picked up like someone's kicking the edge of right, them. Right. Like they're partially rolled. I can Like see. they're walking past them. Yeah, yeah. That's I what I fig- got okay, from that. Okay. Um, speaking of the dog, Harry, poor guy. Um, the garage door had a thing where it would slam shut uh, open and shut on its own all the time and just go haywire Jeez. and one night the dog was chained up on the fence near the garage <gasps> and <gasps> he started freaking out and tried to jump the fence and like almost hung himself <gasps> so yeah i think daniel said that he had tried he had gone and gotten the dog he was oh fine he God. lived he's okay the dog's okay everybody that's how one of my parents dogs died <gasps> she hung herself oh no i'm so sorry while they were driving oh in the back of the <gasps> oh no yeah. oh man her name was lady that was a big fear of mine she died on uh january 1st of 2021 oh my god it's no almost 2011 it's almost the anniversary oh that's right Rip lady, lady, lady. That was that same day. Dave died. Who's Dave? My aunt's husband. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, okay. He ruined Rick and I's first date by dying. Oh, damn it! I hate when people do that. I know it's so rude. (gasps) My mom texted me. She's like, "Dave died," and I was like, "I have to go home." I'm not even joking. I was oh so my annoyed. God. You are terrible. I did not like him. He <laughs> was the worst. He was awful. I'm not Dave. joking. I was seriously freaking Dave. Like he would, sorry, this is a whole tangent. He would like fall asleep during family functions 
like on the couch like during someone opening presents and i would just go like dave (laughs) (laughs) gonna be josh one day (laughs) and he would go (gasps) (laughs) i have i have a i have a photo of my aunt he had to have an oxygen tank oh and i have a photo of my aunt pinching it while he was sleeping one oh my god Poor Dave. Don't feel bad for him. He was a terrible, so for awful Dave. human. He like he he. I lived with my aunt and him, and like I would always have to like run things by him, and like it was just annoying. Like, can I have a friend over? I'm like in my twenties, <laughs> and he'd be like, "I oh, call." Like I just hated him so much. <laughs> He was he was just an awful human being. No one in the family liked him. Oh my God, I was the only one like, like, uh, like brave enough to is, not. Are we care. done yet? <laughs> brave enough to be honest. Yeah, I'm like, so I don't like you. Is your mom going to be upset by this? No. Okay, I've told her this. She didn't like him either. I don't care what she says. Oh my God. Sorry. You're good. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so he ruined our first day. I was so Damn bad. it, Dave. Now we're going to be like, Dave. Dave. <laughs> Sorry. Anyways, wow, what a tangent. <laughs> Fed lots of those. It's a good episode. All right. So um, everyone, with being in this house, everyone was starting to be affected by it. George began to seclude himself from everyone and obsessed over the fireplace like kept it constantly burning because he just couldn't get warm that's really sad yeah i know um kathy the mother admitted to experiencing feeling of feeling the feeling of being touched just like within the first couple days like she felt her hand touch and then like she felt being like embraced behind her back once and just like oh, grabbed. But I kind of like that. Like, was it a hug? But yeah, like she also said that like, she yeah. would smell like old lady perfume, and she she'd said that like, and somewhere I found that she said that she'd felt like she was like calm in the house and like trance, like everybody was in trance almost. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah. So the children. So that's where the whole like where how did their bodies get held down maybe everybody was in a trance or like just calm in the house and like that's where that little thing goes into um the children were arguing more than usual everybody's getting angry missy would describe the youngest daughter would describe um talking to an angel that was in her room named jody who was a pig and would reveal itself to anyone at her will or would only reveal itself to anyone at her will um george yeah george and daniel had believed to have seen jody describing it as a cartoon pig-like creature with two laser red eyes coming from the (gasps) upstairs bedroom window and missy believed that it was jody wanting to come in like nope that's like the sign like of a demon the red laser eyes eyes. yeah i was thinking like a robot no it's like a demon (laughs) it's like and a pig too. Yeah, well, like a swine. Well, I did see somewhere else that she had said it could change into whatever it wanted you to. So. so you choose a pig. Yeah, right. Or a child. I don't know. 
So I'll get back to that. Okay. Um, the, there was a rocking chair also in Missy's room that would go haywire. And whenever it was searched, there were no explanations found. Like there was nothing underneath it. No one was messing with it. The floor wouldn't rock when they jumped around it. Uh-huh. Um, when the family would have company over, they'd sit in the kitchen. and Because they never wanted to leave the house for some reason. But they always wanted people to come over. And they'd want people to sit, like experience what they experienced just to have proof. And so they'd sit in the kitchen, and everybody would hear people walking around upstairs, but the kids were asleep. And they were, like, dead asleep. So they had other people that would hear things. Okay. Okay. Um, I can understand wanting someone. Yeah. Just, like, like come see the shit. Tell us <laughs> Hold my beer. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it has also been told that hoof prints have been seen <gasps> in the snow on January 1st of 1976. From ponies. Uh, b- right. Exactly. From Jody. Unicorns. Um, but... I'm not sure about that because I think it was in one of the book. I didn't have time to read the book, unfortunately, but I think yeah. it was in one of the books. It's not been confirmed. So is it the book that I mentioned? Yes. Okay. Jay Anson. No, no, I don't know. I think it's by Jay Anson or something. Um, things around the house were often moved. Uh, like a statue was also what? Like, was also moved they had mentioned i had heard that in the documentary like there was like a lion statue or something of a lion and it was just like who put this here like who would move a statue like there's <laughs> just a, li- a random lion statue i will say though at my grandma's she has this like wooden uh water buffalo that i move around her house every single time i come over <laughs> i'll put him in a new random spot his name is jehobico so but it, it, that's on a statue breed. yeah right, right right it's it's a figure like yeah a, a little figurine. figurine yeah but you know a barbie could ride on them so you know whatever yeah he'd like it um <laughs> <laughs> one night after christmas the family smelled a terrible stench so they began to open windows in him try to air out the house while in one of the upstairs rooms the window slammed shut on daniel's fingers crushing them completely skin to skin flat oh my no gosh. one could get it open like everyone was just he was just sitting there with his How fingers old, in the Daniel window was one of the kids yeah i think he was seven i think he said he was seven. <gasps> oh, baby so he's just sitting there with the window Scream. on his fingers yeah and no one can get it open and uh finally they did once they pretty much stopped trying um when his mother Why took would him because because there was they were trying to think like what do we do what do we do what do we do and maybe like like they were able to open okay. um after that the mother kathy took him into the kitchen and to put some ice on them um although that's not going to do crap but he just, said they yeah. swelled like three times their size My gosh. um so she took him into the kitchen put some ice on him and whenever she was going to do that the door to the kitchen opened And they saw what they believed was a spirit come in and it went through his mother and then through his hands. And he said it knocked like a like a butter knife off the counter onto the floor. (gasps) But like while this was happening, they're still trying to address his freaking flat fingers. So they continued to do that. And she placed ice on his fingers and then removed it and everything was back to normal. What Even his hands? Yeah, everything was completely back to normal. Like, nothing had ever happened. What the heck? But he does have, like, a little hook in his finger. Like, his pinky, he said, because he showed him in the documentary, and his one hand's normal, and then his pinky's got, like, a little hook into it. And he's like, my pinky's never been the same since that. He's like, that happened because of that. That's so weird. Yeah. Um, you want to do a treat? Daniel, 
I'm sorry, I talk about him a lot because of the documentary I watched. Okay. He gave a lot of good information. Yeah. And the other two haven't really come out with a lot. Um, Daniel believed he and George were often possessed. One night after a fight with George, Daniel went upstairs and described being projected up the stairs and thrown like into a wall. Then he stood there feeling something enter him and take over for a minute, which his mother was there and she witnessed it. Wow. Also, while cleaning, Kathy, the mother, found a hidden room that was painted red behind a bookcase that wasn't shown in the first, like, uh, seeing the house or in the blueprints. Wow. Um, the 28th and the last night, or the 28th night and the last night that they stayed there because they only lasted 28 days. I don't blame them. Um, Daniel had said that he and his brother shared level levitation experiences, headboards bumping into each other and into the ceiling. George, the stepfather, stated, I was lying in bed and everyone was asleep. Kathy lifts up off the bed and starts to slide away from the bed and away from me. I feel what? something get into the bed with us. I'm unable to move. I hear the ca- be- the kids' beds continually slamming up and down on the floor and being dragged. He he also said that when Kathy had woken up that night, she would like morphed into like this old hag. Ew. And completely changed and it didn't dissipate for like hours. That night, the family fled the house, um, not packing any bags, changing any clothes, leaving behind all their belongings in the middle of the night, and went to Kathy's mother's home. But does Kathy remember any of that? Uh, like I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, because she was awake whenever it was still going on. <gasps> she, like, it was her whole face that looked She's like, like a hat. She looked in the mirror and she me? saw, like, yeah, I'm so ugly. <laughs> <laughs> Such a uh, mother Gothel. Yeah. The situation. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they did foreclose. They foreclosed on the home and moved to California, not looking back. Wow. So, after this all happened, obviously word got out. Um, Amityville was one of the first major cases to get to, or that Ed and Lorraine Warren. Wow, that's got cool their name out there. Yeah, yeah. They've done cases before this, but this one got their name really out there. Um, they were two of the nine people who investigated it. And Lorraine were called by Father Picario and uh, the family to investigate, being recommended by, like, a local reporter. When they first came to the home, Lorraine was very cautious. Uh, while And she was even in the documentary, too. Like, he went to her house and really? talked to her, too. And they, like, prayed or whatever. And oh, it was really cool. She that. was so cute. Um she She's, she died right yes she just yeah. died like a year ago or so or uh, recently yeah so they wanted her to go up to the second floor because that's where a lot of the stuff was happening and she described the feeling of a powerful force against her like a waterfall making her feel um something was inhuman in the house oh my gosh she said it was the closest thing she'd ever come or closest she'd ever come to hell that she'd ever <gasps> want to go I wonder and, if she still feels that way. Oh, I, she, she made it seem that way in the documentary okay. because it was just a year or two ago. So yeah. and I know it was just a movie in The Conjuring, but I'm pretty sure that was the case that she was super scarred from in The Conjuring. And Ed got pretty scarred from it, too. Okay. Um, speaking of Ed, he went into the basement 
and he demanded for he started like provoking and demanded for whatever it was to reveal itself and immediately something forced he they said he's never gotten a response so quick and he said something forced him down to the floor and he wasn't the same since oh my gosh they performed a seance and ended up not contacting anything on the other side but many reported feeling ill including the cameraman who at the second floor grabbed his chest and brought him down to the ground (gasps) he was okay um they felt there was a demonic presence in the home and not something but it wasn't something that was regarding the trauma in the home um while it was traumatic like they're like I said, there was past things that had happened there. So Yeah. Uh, while the investigators and reporters were in the home, one of the most famous pictures in paranormal investigative history was taken. After developed, a little boy with glowing eyes, like kind of like the flash was on. Okay, yeah. Was yeah. seen peeking at the bottom banister of the stairs. I saw that photo. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, so that creepy. was, like, one of the most famous, like, pictures that, like, nobody can debunk. Like, they, it wasn't tampered right. with. They can't find out what happened. And there were multiple, like, probably, I think there was, like, nine people, nine, ten people in there. And there were no children in there. And many Did witnesses. everyone see it? Or was it only when it was the just picture the, was it taken? Only when the picture was taken. <gasps> that they saw it. And the boy looked identical to John DeFeo, the little boy that right. was shot, John Matthew. Um, when all said and done, the home was exercised and cleansed, and it d- hasn't given any further problems. So it went through a cleansing. A yes. Juice a very cleanse. big, yes. Yeah. Yeah, exercise. Yeah. A while. Yeah, I, I don't know. That makes me more mad cleanse. when I go through a juice cleanse. <laughs> so. <laughs> so for the skeptics, because we all got to have skeptics out there. I'm a little bit of one sometimes. Right. Uh, this is a true crime paranormal podcast. However, we're going to throw out all the deets out there. Okay. This is exact. This part isn't exactly skeptic, but it's just a little tidbit of info. Uh huh. Um, there was the possibility of George Lutz, uh, dabbling in the occult. Okay. Um, many people said so, and there were lots of rumors. Even Daniel on the documentary admitted to finding some books in oh his home that were like, uh, satanic and Buddhist, not the Buddhist is that, but like just different, like right. mind control and stuff like that. Just all these kinds of like genres. Tr- really trying to control yeah. that family, wasn't he? Well, I mean, maybe I don't know, or maybe he was just trying to start a podcast. He about he cults. did it. Well, he got a book and twenty eight movies out of it. Um, did he really? The dad did. Uh, well, he's. I mean, they didn't really bank on that. Um. It is believed that he either tried provoking something or just his energy being there and whatever it was, knowing that he was there, stirred something up in the house. Right. Which could explain why no one else who – which could explain why no one else who had moved there afterwards didn't really have any issues. Oh, okay. So people have moved in since then. Yes, yes, multiple. Interesting. And also, also psychics have mentioned the feeling of dark magic being performed, which goes back to the whole warlock thing. Right. Um, in the home and possibly him. And now he, this part's for the officially for the skeptics. Um, there are Everyone so many yours. people that believe there are. Yeah. <laughs> there are so many people that believe that this is a hoax. Um, that the family did this for publicity or money. Okay. Not a bad theory. And could possibly be. 
but sure. their financial situation didn't benefit from this like they didn't want this known as public knowledge they tried to move away from this as far as possible okay. they wanted this out of their lives at least the mother and the kids did from what daniel made it sound like the stepdad would introduce himself as i'm the amityville guy oh yeah he hated him he talked a lot about things about him <laughs> it was very cringy whenever he would get mad about him he's like i'm glad he's dead and i'm like whoa Calm down there, buddy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, they it didn't put them in any better financial situation. And they were only there for like a month. So it's not like they banked on the house selling or right. whatever. Right. Um, but they did get 28 movies and many books out of it. So, But they didn't get any financial gain from it. He's a UPS driver. Oh, not okay. that that's bad. No. You yeah. actually can make quite a bit of money off of that. Yeah. But, but he has a job. Like, he doesn't, He's like, not living live... off of this money. Exactly. Right. Okay. Like, yeah. Um, and to per further prove the innocence of George and Kathy, they've taken lie detector tests and passed them, which we have talked about. Those aren't right. guaranteed, but they did it. So, yeah. like, they're willing to do that. My thing is, like, if someone's willing to do that, that proves even more. Yeah, unless it's like you're, you're a willing, narcissist. Right. If yeah. you're willing to take a test, like, yeah, I'll pass it. Cool. Yeah. So today the Amityville house still sits and hasn't sparked up any known issues and other owners in any other owners and is now listed at the address of 108 Ocean Avenue to deter the public, which I just told sure. everybody. Um <laughs> It All last sold in, listener, right? My mom. <laughs> it last <laughs> sold in February of 2017, I believe, for six hundred five thousand. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a so it's I mean, a house. A, I'm surprised someone hasn't turned it into like an Airbnb. There's nothing that something. goes on there, though. That's true. Like enough, it's clean. But the so thing many is, families is that have lived there. There's movies, right? It's like, famous blockbuster movies. So but I it's would in a suburb, yeah. Like I would nowadays. I'm, I am surprised that if someone hasn't turned it into Airbnb, and I guarantee you, the next person that lives there, I'm sure it's going to be Zach Bagans. You think so? No. Oh. There, there is no like no one. I was like, ooh, has this been on Ghost Avengers? No, because it's ooh. a it's a residential home, like. Who's going to go in there? And nothing's happening in it. So, of course, he's not going to go there if there's nothing going on in it. But that was the Amityville. The well, full story, true crime and paranormal, guys. Yeah, that was so cool, Brie. You're welcome. Happy 2023. Yay, us. Yay. Um, I have a neighborhood story for you somewhere. <laughs> um, for the Patreon donors, you can see that uh, Leon... Is I'm using sorry. the neighborhood stories of the bed. I'm sorry. Just I'm sorry. whip it out really fast like a tablecloth. There you go. It's okay, baby. Lay down. Oh, he's so handsome. They need to be groomed so bad. They're shedding so bad. He's so handsome, though. He's baby boy. All right. So this one is from next door. It says, beware of kids' meals at McDonald's. I thought I would try a Happy Meal to see why kids love it. I started choking and coughing, but couldn't figure out why. When just, uh, figure out why when just a hamburger meal I was having. Inside, a bitter pickle and two tablespoons of chopped white onions. 
I'm allergic to onions and pickles, <laughs> specifically any kind of onion. <laughs> and the French fries have a lot of salt and pepper on them. Thank pepper. God. I, I know, that's what I thought. Thank God I have Galvatin tablets that stop the allergic reaction to everything. <laughs> oh my God. So I guess the hamburger Happy Meal is not just a hamburger anymore. I have no, or anymore, have no what is, have known what is inside the hamburger. So beware of what is in my kid, is in kids meals can be bad, even for adults. Did um, Alice write that? <laughs> um... Do you do you not know how, do you not know what's on a hamburger at McDonald's? Dude. I mean, I worked at McDonald's, but it doesn't take a genius to know that cat or pickles and onions are on a hamburger. Okay, okay. All right. They let's... just come with them. Like they don't they don't take out those things because they're kids. Not all kids are picky. They're just going to eat it. I just And then like pepper <sighs> They don't put, I they promise you guys, McDonald's does not have a giant no. container of pepper unless it's in the grill area, and that is to put on burgers. It is way too far from the fry station. They just use salt and is automatic thing that goes down, and it puts an equal amount of salt on it. Alice, when she orders a McDonald's Happy Meal, she orders a hamburger, no pickles, no onions. I do no pickles for nap. She does not like those, and it's so funny. But she knows that they come with pickles she and onions. She knows. She had it one time, and she knows. But also, like, I don't know. Like, if you were a, had, if you knew you had allergies, yeah, you should ask. If it's yeah. a that, de- and if it's that bad of an allergy, you, a pill is not going to fix it. <laughs> First of all, a pill is not going to fix your your deathly allergy of onions. <laughs> You have to go to the All hospital onions. or give yourself a freaking epinephrine shot. What an awful life to live if you're allergic to onion or pickles. Like or onions. Sounds... I love onions, man. Onions are They're really in good. everything. But I would I'd be okay with not living with onions, but I would be really sad not to live with pickles. Oh, I love onions, but they make me gassy. Sorry. Oh, there you go, you guys, Patreon. <laughs> Send me Leon. some onions. Oh, no, yeah. Leon <laughs> started doing his... His, oh, did he do his eh. his his neck stretches? Hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're gonna get um happy new on year. Your neighbors. Yeah. Join our Patreon, guys. Yeah. To see fun, exclusive dope. things, and we're oh look at that. <laughs> My mom Leon. used to call that cat porn. Uh, this is uh, what's with the neighbors Whoa, after this, dog. There's a reason why uh, <laughs> why this is explicit <laughs> content. <laughs> Leon, come down there, buddy. Anyways, uh, have you checked on the neighbors? What's with the neighbors? Brain Amy you, out. What's with the neighbors? Tony, do you want a treat? <laughs> Leon, do you want a treat? Say hi to Casper. Do you want a treat? Oh, yeah. Say hi to Casper. Do you want a treat?